0: No, but you know what is really amazing is the commercials are cool during the Super Bowl, but aren't you fascinated with logos? Logos are fascinating. Now, I don't know if you ever noticed this. I did not notice this, and I see this logo everywhere, Tostitos. We have a picture of it. Did you notice that there's two people, and they're holding a chip, and they have a thing of salsa in between there on the eye? I never never noticed that. Or how about the next one, our Connect logo, okay? That's two Cs, but what's up with the Cs? They're connected. Isn't that tricky? Pastor Russ is pretty tricky with that, yeah. And then the next logo, I can't remember what it is, Amazon, that's right. I love, how many love seeing an Amazon package on your stoop or your porch? I love it, because as I walk up, I see that wonderful smile, and it makes me happy because, You know, I probably forgot what I ordered, but I'm going to find out in a minute what it is, right? Right. But there's something that I didn't know. The A is connected to the Z by an arrow. So that's a smile, but it's also an arrow. And you know what? It's because Amazon, you can buy anything from A to Z, and they'll ship it right to you. Isn't that cool? You guys are learning stuff. We're not even into the teaching yet. I love it. All right. The next one, and we've showed this one before. This is the FedEx one. And FedEx, if you've, ne- if you've never noticed it, in the negative space, what they've developed here between the E and the X is an arrow. They're moving forward. They're, they're getting stuff there on time, and they're doing it really quick, right? That's FedEx. So that's just kind of cool. So there's a little, uh, a little logo training for today. I don't know. I hope you guys thought that was cool. But what do you think is Jesus's logo? The cross? That's one. What else? Any other ideas? What's that? Crown, crown of thorns. That yeah, that could symbolize Jesus. What else? A dove, okay? And I thought I heard somebody say fish, cuz fish could be and the fish symbol could be another one, right? Um, and so there are a couple couple things that that we see, but if you really think about the cross now now don 't get me wrong i 'm not going to diss on the cross because I love the cross. but if you think about what does the cross represent? it represents execution, it represents death, really. I mean, for those of us that are in relationship with Jesus, we understand what the cross means to us. But if you 're an outsider, maybe looking in and maybe you don 't know anything about Christianity. Uh, What would be a contemporary logo for the cross today? It would be something like a syringe, right? Because that's uh, capital punishment, it's death. It would be a a syringe. So it's just kind of interesting what logos mean and to some people what they represent. Now, obviously, I'm not dissing on the cross. I'm just trying to make a point here that, you know, there's a lot of different things, a lot of different ways you can look at the cross. I love the cross. But let's think of something else. If we, if we were to come up with a logo today, apart from the ones that we know for Jesus, what do you think that would be? I have one in mind. Uh, it's an Arrows Out logo. What do you think about that? What do you think about Arrows Out? We've talked about Arrows Out a little bit. Uh, we were at a leadership uh, training last year, and part of that training, one of the speakers shared with us this idea of being arrows out. And we just really thought that that was really cool. If you go up into our children's area, you see some arrows up there which represent arrows out. So I'm going to talk about what arrows out means, but but that's an interesting logo. That that would define Jesus because he was always concerned with others. He was always concerned with those that might be viewed as outsiders. And what he wanted to do is he wanted to point his arrows out to meet them at where they were at, to meet their needs and to bring them in to the family. His arrows were never pointing in to himself. And so that brings us to the big idea. If you're taking notes today, if you're not, there are notes in the back or you can get it on the app. There's a a place to do notes and fill in on your uh, tablet or your uh, phone or whatever. But the big idea for today is the mission of Jesus is arrows out. The mission of Jesus is arrows out. You know, around Connect, we say that our mission is helping people reconnect to God, and that's true. And so if I'm going to be on mission, if I'm going to be intentional about meeting the mission of Connect, then I need to be an arrows out kind of person means and that means that I need to have significant relationships with people who don't know God that's being on mission that's being arrows out arrows out means reaching people outside of my comfort zone reaching people outside of my comfort zone reaching people who maybe don't believe the way I believe that's arrows out Reaching people who don't talk like me, that's arrows out. Reaching people who aren't nice to me, that's arrows out right there. That's tough. I know. It's tough. So French dressing in our secret sauce is representing arrows out. Why? Because it's French, okay? (laughs) Ketchup would be arrows in. Why? Because it's American, right? All right. So here, you see what I'm doing with this? See what I'm doing with this sauce and this French dressing, right? So the mission of Jesus is arrows out. And I want to talk a little bit about this individually, right? Because I, I think each of us in our own lives need to really consider this as we go through our daily schedules. Just be thinking, you know, I need to be arrows out today. But the other thing is is that corporately, as Connect Church, we also need to be arrows out. And so I'm working with the leadership team, and we're going to be working over about this over the next few weeks, and we're going to de- be developing strategies. Well, I guess that's not a great word, but we're going to be developing ways to be arrows out into the community, into the Black Eagle community, and then also, obviously, into Great Falls and the surrounding areas as well. Now, one way that we as Connect were arrows out just this past Christmas time was we took up a special offering and we worked with one of the elementary schools in town and we found some families in need and we just blessed them with gift cards and different things around, the Christmas, around Christmas time. It was like two weeks before Christmas or something like that. And we received a card, actually two cards, we received one card from the, uh, the family advocate, the school family advocate, and this is what this card says. Dear Connect Church members, thank you for your most generous gifts. I cannot come up with the words to explain the reactions of the families, but there were many happy tears shed. Merry Christmas, and it was signed by the, the family advocate. Um, here's another card, and and this one was from uh, Maureen Lewis, who was our liaison between us and those families. And she said, for everyone at Connect Church, may every special thing you do bring blessings in return to you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and so many more for all of your kindness, generosity, and prayers that you all shared with those in need during this past Christmas season. And, and really, every day is what she puts in here. It meant and means so very much to know that God's love and blessings for all are there to be seen through the hearts here at Connect. Thank you so much. So that, you guys are clapping for yourselves because it took all of us to do that. And so we were able to be arrows out during the Christmas time to our local community and and kids and their families and schools. But being a mission is often very difficult. It really is. Because there's this tension built into relationships. There can be conflict. There can be hurt feelings in relationships. People might feel judged when we get into get into faith conversations. Or we can feel rejected. It's hard. It's hard to have good, solid relationships with people that are unbelievers and don't see the world the way that we see the world. And when our emotions run high, it's really easy to become arrows in. It's really easy to become arrows in. But we need to remember the point of today's teaching is that Jesus was always arrows out. Jesus was always arrows out. So now I'm going to have a little fun with this parable. So today I I want to explain, uh, or Jesus is going to explain to us his mission to the disciples and uh, through the parable that we're calling the the poop parable today. I know, I said that in church. I said poop in church. Isn't that crazy? All right. We're going to go to Luke chapter 13. Luke 13, and and we're going to read verses 6 through 9 out of the ESV for those of you on your electronic devices. And here's what it says. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it, but he found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I've come seeking fruit on this stinking fig tree. Well, I, I added that. On this fig tree and I find none, cut it down. Why should it use up the ground here in my vineyard? But the, wine, the vine dresser said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then, if it should bear fruit next year, well, well and good. But if it does not, you can cut it down. Interesting little parable, isn't it? I bet you've never thought about this parable. If you've read it at all, you probably just kind of blew through it. I know I did for years. I'm like, okay, a fig tree won't have fruit. Okay, yeah, put some manure, fertilizer. That's great. But what does this parable mean? Jesus doesn't give us any explanation. He just tells the story and then moves on. But there's a reason for parables, right? Jesus isn't just going to say something without having a reason or a teaching behind it. So we had to do a little digging to figure out the meaning of the manure parable that we have here. So to see what's happening and what Jesus is talking about, we have to go all the way back to Luke chapter nine. Now we're just in Luke 13, but what we have to do is go back to Luke nine because it kind of sets up this whole thing that Jesus starts talking about and teaching. In Luke chapter 9, we find that the disciples and Jesus are traveling south through, uh, towards Jerusalem through Samaria. Now, I've taught on this before, and if you're not familiar, the Samaritans were not well liked by the Jews and vice versa. The Jews and the Samaritans had a lot of problems with each other. Uh, they were racially divided. It was racial tension that brought them into odds with each other. And so here we find that Jesus and the disciples are traveling through, and it's time to find a place to stay for the night. Well, we find out that the Samaritans were unwilling to give them a place to stay. They all shut their doors. I mean, they didn't have like the Holiday Inn or the Hilton or the Motel 6 right back in the day. So a lot of times there were inns, you know, or there were houses like hostels of today. I mean, that would be something to where people would take people in and stuff. But not, not, not these people. Nope, the Samaritans weren't having any of it. And so James and John, they show up here. Aren't they great guys? The sons of thunder. We've talked about them in the past. Um, let's say they were a little ticked at the Samaritans right now. They were, well, they were more than ticked. They were furious at the Samaritans. And they were aware that the place that they were traveling through was the same place that Elijah called down fire from heaven to burn up on the altar. So guess what these brilliant brothers did, right? They go to Jesus and they say, Hey, Jesus, let's bring down fire from heaven and burn these people up. And the Bible tells us exactly how Jesus responded. Classic Jesus. Luke 9.55, it simply says, Jesus rebuked him. That's it. And he moved on. I loved it. He's like, no, I rebuke you. So why do you think Jesus rebuked them? It's because the mission of Jesus is arrows out even when it comes to people who aren't very kind to him. He's always arrows out. So let's call fire down from heaven. That would be arrows in. That's definitely arrows in thinking. Revenge is always arrows in motivation. Paying back an eye for an eye is always arrows in. Wishing for your enemies to be extinguished by the wrath of God is arrows in. But Jesus rebuked them, and that was arrows out. Jesus' rebuking was actually arrows out. Well, why is a rebuke arrows out? Because Jesus was guarding the mission. Jesus understood that what they were trying to do was an arrows in kind of thing, and that was not on mission at all. So his rebuke got put them in check, and got them back thinking mission, being mission-minded, which is arrows out. Being patient with people is arrows out, even when they've wronged you. Loving your enemy is arrows out. Giving people space can be arrows out as well. And this is the context of the poop parable that we're talking about here. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? That's what the property owner said. That's arrows in. Let it alone is arrows out. Let it alone is arrows out. Now I'm going to talk about that let it alone just for a few minutes so we fully understand what Jesus was getting at here in the parable. The word that Jesus used was translated let it alone, but it's an interesting word. It's actually pronounced aphiomi. Say that with me. pretty It kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Aphiomi. Let it alone. And that's what it really means. And it also means to release custody, to forgive, to walk away from, not to follow through with your wrath. Aphiomi. And the vine dresser went on with his strategy. I'll dig around it. I'll spread some manure around it. And when you come back next year to see if it has any figs on it, manure. I know. Whoever's into emojis, who's used that emoji before? I think every one of us has. Who loves manure, right? Isn't poop great? No, it's not. You're under arrest for robbing the Pine City stage. You got anything to say? I hate manure. Love those movies. No, manure, nobody loves it. It's disgusting, right? It's stinky. It's worthless. It's inconvenient when you get it on your shoe. It's dirty. But let's look more closely at it. And the gardener, the vine dresser, knew this to be true. It's full of minerals. It's full of nutrients and the stuff that really makes things grow. If you're a gardener here, if you like flowers or whatever, you know you know this to be true. Little fertilizers spread around. Farmers know this, put manure in the field. Things will start to grow. And Jesus understood that instead of cutting things down, cutting people down, calling down fire from heaven, sometimes people just need to sit in the manure just a little while and let some things take time. That's arrows out thinking right there. That is arrows out thinking. The disciples were arrows in by default, and and I think many of us are. We're just arrows in. I mean, that's just kind of our makeup. We're wired to be self-protecting, self-nourishing, and self-interested. That is all arrows in. That's arrows in mindset. But the mission of Jesus, like I said, is is arrows out. A couple questions. Rhetorical questions for us to consider. Can I be a little more patient with that person who's hurting me? Can I let the manure do its work in my coworker until they have a softer heart? Can I affia me that family member who has wounded me over and over and over again? Ephia me, let it alone. Now the disciples, they weren't the only ones in the Bible who were arrows in by default. A short time after Jesus shared this parable, he found himself on trial. We talked a little bit about that earlier as part of our communion. Pilate and the Jewish high priest Caiaphas found Jesus to be inconvenient. Found him to be a nuisance. And so what did they do? They brought Jesus in front of a crowd that I'm sure the religious people at the time kind of worked up into a frenzy. That's Bob's thought. And that crowd shouted, crucify him, crucify him. And it was the easiest thing for them to do was to cut Jesus down. Just like the owner of the parable that we read. Nah, just cut it down. Crucify him is arrows in thinking. Jesus was a problem. The easiest solution was to get rid of him. Jesus was a threat. The solution was to crucify him. Jesus was a revolutionary. He was subversive. The solution was was to make him an example. Arrows in. And as Jesus hung on the cross, he uttered the most amazing arrows out phrase ever. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Actually, in the Greek language, it's just one word. Aphiomia. Father, let them alone. And as the Roman soldiers mocked him as his own people rejected him, echoing the wine dresser in the parable, Jesus said me, "Father, give them a little more time. Maybe with some time, they will come to know you. Crucify him," was arrow's in. But Father, forgive them, was arrows out. You see, Jesus understands the nature of time and the nature of manure as well. He knew that many of those people that were mocking him, spitting on him, beating him, would someday become believers a short time later. Ephemiah. You know, sometimes we are pretty swift to judge other people. But we need to give people a little more time and maybe let them sit in a little bit of fertilizer for a while. Just give them more time. Give them more time. 2 Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness. But is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. We should have the same mindset ourselves. The mission of Jesus is arrows out. So, a couple questions for us as we start winding down our teaching for today. Who can you reach? Who needs a little more time? Maybe you're ready to give up. I've been there. Things haven't changed. Why am I still even trying? Many times is our thoughts. Aphe me is what I would encourage each one of us to practice in our lives. Chris Michaels. Pastor Russ's wife, obviously, they're pastors down in Bozeman, but they lived here in Great Falls. Russ has family here, and Chris lived here for many, many years, and she worked at the hospital. And her boss at the time, when she was here in Great Falls, was was horrible to her. And and Chris, you know, she, she's an upbeat, bubbly personality. But, you know, it takes a toll after somebody, especially somebody you're working with and working for, is always belittling you, always mocking you, always just being mean all the time to you, right? So it would have been real easy for, you know, Chris just to say, you know, I'm done. I'm done even trying to build a relationship with this person. But her boss ended up uh, having cancer at, at a certain time, well, you know, while, she, Chris was still here in Great Falls. And, and man, Chris, she struggled with that, but she was compelled and she had this urgency to reach out even after all of the, you know, really ver- verbal abuse. I mean, that gets thrown around a lot these days in contemporary culture, but that's kind of what it was. It was workplace hostility, right? Workplace issues. Even after all that, she just was compelled to call her and say, can I pray for you? And so she did. And her boss said, absolutely, sure. She goes, I, I welcome, I welcome the prayer. So Chris prayed with her, and it was just a really great moment, a really touching moment. Well, time went on. Uh, the treatments worked, and can- she was cancer-free and all that. And so they had built this relationship up now. And then her boss ended up coming to church, ended up becoming a Christian, being a believer, and, and just, you know, she's still a believer today. She's still alive today, and this was quite a few years ago now, but yeah. And so if Chris would have not said a fee me, if she would have just walked away and said, nope, I ain't got time for this anymore, I've, you know, it's, and might have been justified in, in some circles to say absolutely, you know, after everything she's done to you, yeah, write her off. But she didn't. And so that's a great story and an illustration for us to think about those people in our lives. And maybe that we've wrote off. Maybe that, oh man, they just get under our skin and they just create so much frustration and tension in our lives. I think Jesus is telling each one of us to a me. Just let it alone, keep that relationship, and see what will happen as that person, I hate to use use the phrase, sits in manure, but hangs out for a while, enjoys some fertilizer. And the fertilizer really isn't a bad thing. The fertilizer is the love that you're showing, is the compassion that you're showing towards them. Let them feel that. Let them sense that. And the Holy Spirit, he'll do his work. He will do his work. And then we'll be able to come alongside that person, pray with them, lead them to Jesus, or encourage them to start a relationship with God. Arrows out. It's the French dressing in our secret sauce. And aphiomi is arrows out. And that is what makes the Christian secret sauce irresistible. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, I thank you this morning for your word. God, this simple parable with no explanation. Wow. It's amazing when we take a look at your word and and we put things together and we consider What are you trying to tell us here this morning? What are you trying to tell us with this parable? God, I know our our big idea is that the mission of Jesus is arrows out, and that's that's our mission. Corporately as connect, but also individually. Each person, you're challenging us here this morning to be arrows out Christians, to be arrows out people of faith. And Lord, as we're bowed in your presence and we're considering this. I, I just I want to pray a prayer for each one of us, first off. And maybe you haven't considered this relationship with Jesus or stepped into this relationship with Jesus or even maybe understood. <laughs> what is a relationship with Jesus? What, what even is that? But you've been here today and you've listened to this teaching and you're like, wow, okay, that's starting to make some sense. If that's you, I'm I'm just gonna pray for you right now as we're closing this time together. Father God, I, I pray for those that right now are considering this relationship that we call, you know, the Christian walk. Uh, maybe they've never known you before. Maybe they've never considered what I'm talking about. That they haven't considered that they need a Savior. They haven't considered that wow, Jesus died for me personally on that cross, so I might have relationship with you. And so I pray for those people right now that are considering that. And I also pray for those that maybe walked with you at one time but have found themselves through life circumstances very far away from you this morning. I pray for those as well. And so if that's you, if you fall into one of those two categories, I just want to pray for you right now. Father God, I I pray for them. Lord, I, I, I pray with them. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And Jesus, you're that Savior. So come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Take my sins away. That's the only way I can have fellowship with God Almighty is through the sacrifice of Jesus and I accept that right now in my life today. Be with me, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen.